Okay, we have been talking about the name that God has for every one of us. And in order for us to really uh, enter into our name, enter into our destiny, we need to believe, we need to have the faith to trust what God said about us is true and it will take place. Okay, so in order to have that kind of faith, we need to know God. We need to know Him deeper so that we can trust Him. So one of the ways that we can get to know God is to enter into His presence, is to enter into His rest. Let's look at the book of Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 1 to verse 3. It says, Therefore, since the promise of entering His rest still stands, Let us be careful that none of you be found to have fallen short of it. For we also have had the gospel preached to us, but as they, uh, just as they did. But the message they heard was of no value to them because those who heard did not combine it with faith. Now we who have believed enter that rest, just as God has said. So I declare on oath in my anger, they shall never enter my rest, and yet his work has been finished since the creation of the world. So God has been releasing his word into our life uh, to tell us who we are and what uh, he wants to do through us. But uh, many a time we are uh, unbelieving believers. We are believers, that's why we come to church, that's why we're here. But then, we are unbelieving believer because we, we just question, we just doubt, you know, how can I do that? And how can I accomplish what God has? You know, surely that is not possible. It's okay for uh, those people up there. It's okay for those leaders. But for me, you know, I can't. We look at our own Uh, inadequacies, we look at our own failure, our own weaknesses, and then we come to the conclusion that, you know, it's not possible to live out what God wants. As a result of that, that's why we are passive believers. We come to church, we fulfill our duties, but there's no sense of seeking, seeking after God, running after God. And and wanting to bring about what God has promised, what God has said in reality in our life. That's because we have not entered into the rest of God. So when we enter into the rest of God, it means in our mind, in our spirit, the thing is already completed as far as God is concerned. God has done it, is waiting, He is waiting for us to lay hold of it, to bring it down into reality. So the question is not with God, because God created the world in six days and He rested. So as far as the promises is concerned that He has spoken into our life, He has done it. But we got to bring it from heaven down to our life. And not, it's not a matter of whether God will do it. It's a matter of how we are going to believe God and bring it into our life. Entering into the rest of God. Trusting He has done it. Right? So I seek to bring it about 
because I know God has already prepared everything. So we need to, the Bible is, is warning us. He said, be careful that none of you be found to have fallen short of it. Right? We have the promise, but then we didn't combine it with faith so that we fall short of what, what God has said and we are not able to enter into. Be careful. Right? So this is, this is a, the warning. We don't want to be unbelieving believers. We want to believe what God says and enter into His promise. So it's very important that we learn to enter into the, the rest of God. Right? Uh, so uh, this, is, this is a major problem because we are so used to doing things. Okay? We're so used to doing things. Rather than just come before God, trusting God and obeying Him and allow Him to, to live through us, allow Him to work through us. But we want to do it. We want, we want a quick job sometimes, right? By our own strength, by our own power. That's why we find that the things that God asks us to do, we cannot. Because those are impossible tasks. God wants to do it through us. We can't do it. And that's why we form that conclusion that we're not able. How do we enter into God's rest? That's the question. I want to uh, look at Psalm. We, we, we're going to spend a little time in this Psalm. Psalm 46, verse 8 to 11 to begin with. Come and see the works of the Lord, the desolations He has brought on the earth. He makes wars cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shield with fire. Verse 10. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. God was doing mighty things on the earth. He was uh, dealing with nations. He was, there was wars and, 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 and God brought about uh, uh, peace uh, uh, and, and stopped all those wars. And yet, despite of all that is happening, the Word of God has to call out to His people and say, come and see the works of the Lord. Isn't that obvious? When you look around, when these kind of things are happening, you know, mighty miracles are taking place, just like the nation of Israel. They were in captivity in Egypt. When God delivered them out of Egypt, it was with mighty miracles. But yet, God has to say to His people, come and see the works of the Lord. The people saw the work of God, but they didn't see. That's why when God asked them to enter into the promised land, they said, no, no way. Giants are there. We will be swallowed up. You see, because they saw the miracles, they didn't see God. And that's why they are afraid to enter into the promised land. And so there is a place where we need to come. Despite all that God has already done and the miracles that's taken place, we have to be still and know God in a deeper way than we have known Him before. 
So a lot of times God has been doing great things. God has been doing great things in our midst. But we take it for granted. We see and we did not see. Right? Uh, we really need to come and be still and know God so that we can see what behind what God is doing, behind uh, uh, Calvary crown. What is God saying to us? You see, if we stop there, after a while, you know, we get used to it. I, I go in and out every day. But after a while, you know, the, the vow factor is not there. Do you understand? You take, take used to it. But that mustn't happen. Right? So, what, what is behind it? What does God want to do beyond Calvary Crown? Can you hear what he's saying? He's saying, if I can do this, you know it's an impossible thing. And now I want to release you to go out and do the impossible because you know I am God. You know I'm God. You see, but if we don't, if we don't see it, we're still struggling. You know, when God says we are royal priesthood, we're, just, we're still wondering, you know, God, how? You know, I can't, I cannot. Through Calvary Crown, God is asking you not to look at men, not to look at your, what you can or what you can't. Look to God because He will bring it to pass. He is faithful, what He has spoken. And that's what God is saying to us. And many times we, we see and we did not see. So we continue to be the same. We just keep coming to church, listen to the word, go out, year in and year out. But there is no breakthrough in our life. I trust you understand uh, what I'm saying you know, through the illustration of Calvary Crown. So we, we really need to go into, uh, we really need to cultivate our relationship with God. Right? So, I mentioned earlier, we are so used to keep doing things rather than be still and know that He is God. Uh, so, I realized when, when, when we started to go into another phrase of, of, of our walk with God in this church, remember before this phrase, we were emphasizing about speaking tongues, speaking tongues, Right? And that, rightly so. And that is still just as important and we still have to continue to do it. But speaking in tongues, in a way, is we are still doing it. We are speaking, speaking. Except we know that we are building our spiritual man and we are downloading revelations from God. Right? Uh, so, if you have followed the development of the church, if you have prayed one hour in tongues already, now you are in the flow you have broken through instead of just praying one or two minutes in tongue and then you don't know what to do and that's it. So, so you're in the flow because you have been doing that. But now we want to enter into another flow. We want to stay in the presence of God and just be still. And later on, I'm going to tell you what, what do we mean by that? What do we do? Okay? And, and the, the Word of God says, be still and know that I'm God. Okay, sometimes we just have to sit, especially today in this world. Some of you, I don't know how you pray with your handphone on. And then a WhatsApp message come in, you answer your WhatsApp message, and after that, you pray. I don't know how you do that. I'm not sure whether God is with you. 
You understand what I'm saying? Okay, so we got to be still. We got to be still and know that He is God. And and I realized when we started introducing that, and and some of you you come in, you sit there, you don't know what happened. That's the most boring things you ever. You are the torturous thing that you have got. You have to go through sitting there for an hour. Just be still. You don't know what to do. You don't know what's happening, and you're wondering. You know what is this? What is this? Right? It's nothing wrong with what we are doing. It's just that you have not learned to be still in the presence of God and know that He is God. So, uh, so when we are still, when we are silenced before God, what are we doing? We are creating a sensitivity, a sensitivity in our spirit towards God because we are cutting off all the distraction that could preoccupy our mind and our heart so that we, even though we are drawing near, but we are not drawing near. We are singing, but we are not worshipping. We are praying, but it's a one-way direction because we are not expecting anything to happen. We just say our prayer. You know, there's no communication. Right? We talk to God, but, but we don't expect God to talk to us. So we need to enter into that stage where we are still. We, we, we allow our, we, we're trying to cast off all those interference, those voices, those noises in our life so that we will just focus on God and God alone. That's what we are doing when we are being still before God. Right? So, there's nothing wrong, nothing wrong when, when you are in the presence of God and you're not doing anything, you're not saying anything, you're just staying in His presence. Later on, uh, as we move on, I'm going to tell you the benefit. Okay, but, but we need to cast off all those distractions in our life when we come before God. Otherwise, we'll be singing and not worshipping. Okay, so we need to just cast just lay down those burden, whatever distract you. You know, many a time, even in my life, when I want to come before God, there's so many thoughts about so many things. You know, so 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 those are noises, voices that that distract us. So when we are still before God, we are just casting down those interference and just wanting to come before the presence of God. Okay, so that is a, a discipline. That's a practice that we need to. Do so that we cultivate that, that kind of relationship with God. Okay, the, 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 the most distracting voice is inner voice. It's not external. Right? When God says something about you, remember, uh, many times we have doubts. You see, the inner voice begins to speak and, and, and counter what God is saying. Or when God says, do this, you say, oh, cannot, I can't. You see, those inner voices, those are the biggest distractions in our life. Uh, in hindering us from knowing God. So we've got to be still and, and know that He is God. And so often we are so influenced by the world, by the values of the world, the teaching of the world, the ways of the world, so that when the good news comes, when the Word of God comes into our life, we cannot accept it. Because we're so used to the way that the world go about, and we know in this world it's not possible, right? In this world it's not possible for us this little church to build Calvary Crown. That's just not possible. 
You know, I, I told you, the pastor from, from UK, when he came and he moved in every one of our services, and at the end, he said, Pastor, this is a modern day wonder that you have done. Because look at your church. No way your church can do it with the number that you have, with the people that you have. You see, this is someone who, who, who used the ways of the world and assessed our strength and, and so on and say it cannot be done. And it's true. Naturally, it cannot be done. Right? But that's why we need to be still and know that He is God. We need to be still and hear what He's saying so that we know it will be able to be done if He's speaking. Right? If that's God's will. Right. Romans 10, 16 and 17. Romans 10, verse 16 and 17. But not all the Israelites accept the, the good news. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our message? Consequently, faith comes from hearing the message, and the message is heard through the word of Christ. Yeah, so the word of God has already warned us, be careful so that you don't fall short of it. You know, the promises are given, the good news are being proclaimed, but many of the believers, many of the Israelites, they did not accept the message. Why? Because there's so many other messages that is inside. So they cannot believe, they cannot accept. It can be done. Okay, so we don't want to fall into that trap. And that's why we need to come before God. We need to know that He is God. And another problem that, that we cannot enter into the rest of God is the idols, the God that we have created in our mind. It is not the God of the Bible, even though we read the Bible. Okay? But many of us, our God is not the God of the Bible because our God is smaller than what is written in the Bible. Isn't that so? Because the Word of God says, to Christ you can do all things. But all the time we are saying, I cannot do that, I cannot do that. It is contrary to what God is saying. So our God is smaller than what the Bible is telling us. So we created our own God, our concept of God, just like the nation of Israel. When they came out of Egypt and then they make this golden calf to worship, and they say to this golden calf, you are the one who delivered us out of Egypt. Why is that? It's not a golden calf that is delivered out of Egypt. Did they create another new idols in their life and, and, and give these idols the glory? No. The golden calf is their perception of God because they're so used to the idols of Egypt. You know, the Egyptian, for every God, they have an idols. And now God is invisible. God has let them through. God has delivered them out of Egypt. But in their mind, they cannot accept a God that is not around, that is not visible, that is not tangible you know, to, 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 to see and to, to touch. So they created a golden calf to represent the God who has been speaking to them. And so many of us, we, we have our own perception. So in our mind, in our hearts, we have this image about God, even though we, we read the Bible, and so we have our 
the idols that we have created in our life. And that's why we need to be still. We need to come before God and know that He is God. Not what we think, but He is God. Knowing Him as He is. That's why the Word of God says, Hey, you've got to be still and know that I am God. Okay, so, uh, so when we're still before God, we're just cutting off all the other voices, noises uh, that distract us, that take away, uh, that misrepresent God in our life so that we can come before Him and, and, and know that He is God. So when we come, when we are being still before God, you know, in our prayer meeting, we start to, to play music uh, instead of having someone play here because our musicians also need to know to be still. Otherwise, they will always be working. They will always be doing. They need to be still before God. Right? If you have not learned to be still before God, when you are playing, it's just technique. Do you understand? You are not able to just enter in and just play out of that flow. Right? So, so and, 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 and so music does help us. Why? It helps us to cut off all the noise. It's not that we are focusing on the music, please. Don't focus on the music. It's to help us to, 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 to cut off all the other noise so that we can zero in on God and God alone. Okay? That's the purpose why we play that music. Because otherwise you'll be hearing people coughing. You'll be hearing people moving about the chairs and noise and, and the traffic and so on. Okay? So we want to cut off all the noise. Of course, the, the noise that you need to cut off is your inner voice, right? That is speaking against God. But, but still, these are ways that God has provided to help us to enter in. Okay, so there is a, a, an example in the Bible, Elisha, the prophet. You know, Elisha, the prophet, he is a man who, who can hear God. He is a prophet. Okay, and yet, when there was a time, uh, the king of Israel, they formed an alliance with uh, Edom, king of Edom, and king of Judah. And they wanted to, uh, to attack the Moabites. And when all the en- enemies go out to attack the Moabites, and they come to a place where there is no water, and if they don't get help, you know, the soldiers will die. And so as a result, they begin to wonder, uh, the, the king of Judah begins to wonder, hey, let's seek the prophet. Let's hear what God has to say. We're in this problem. So they went, you know, because there's this prophet Elisha. So they went to Elisha. When Elisha saw, saw these three kings, Elisha was very upset. Because why? The king of Israel is a wicked king. He is the son of Ahab. He's, they, he's still leading the nation, you know, uh, uh, in, in, in worshipping that God doesn't, God is not pleased. So the so the Elisha the prophet was was very upset, you know, with this king. And and but then King of Judah, Jehoshaphat was there, the man of God, the one who loved God, the one who asked, hey, let's consult the prophet. So Elisha felt because of Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, I will seek God for a word for them. If it's for king of Israel, I will not bother about him because this guy doesn't honor God. And you see, so his emotion wasn't feeling good. He doesn't like the king of Israel for what he did. But because 
he honored Jehoshaphat, king of Judah. So he, he wanted to seek God for a word for them. And so what did he do? He said, bring the harpies. Okay? Bring someone who plays the harp. And while the person is playing the harp, Elisha received the word of God and released that word to the, to the three kings. So that harpies, the, the, the musician, helped Elijah to, to soothe the, the, the turmoil in his heart, you know, the struggle in his heart, so that he can enter into the peace of God, the rest of God, and be still in his spirit. And then he hear God. You see, so in the Bible, this is the example. So that's why we are doing what we are doing. Okay, so I, I hope we, we can see that uh, uh, the importance of us being still before God and hear and, and seek after God, even though we already know God. Okay, so what do we do? Some of you, you're restless. You know, what do we do? It's 15 minutes already. It's half an hour already. Is pastor going to pray now? Is somebody going to lead us in a song now? You're getting restless. What do we do when we come before God and be still? So when we are coming before God, we come be, uh, to be still before God, what are we doing? Let's look at uh, uh, Romans 10, verse 11 to 13. As the scripture says, anyone who trusts in Him will never be put to shame. For there is no difference between Jew and Gentiles. The same Lord is Lord of all and richly blesses all who call on Him. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. So when we are drawing near, it's a sign that we trust Him. You see, if you trust in yourself, you trust in what you do, you just want to keep doing things because it's wasting time waiting before God, uh, sitting down there for half an hour, what do you do? You know, you're wasting your time. But when we are sitting before God, we are trusting God. We are drawing near to Him because we know He has the answer. We know He, he determines everything. So it's a sign that we trust Him. So when you come before God and you see that sometimes, you know, what do we do? In your heart, you begin to call out to Him. I realize sometimes I just sit there, I just call Jesus. 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 I just call His name. Nothing else. I'm not thinking about anything. I'm not thinking about praying. I'm not thinking anything. I'm just calling Jesus. Because He's my Lord. He's my Savior. He's my God. He's my King. So I just call Jesus because I just want to draw near to Him. I just want, want to focus on Him. Okay, so, so you just call, the Bible says, you call on His name. He richly blessed those who call on His name. And those who call on His name will be saved. This is what the Word of God says. So I'm not going to worry about all the other problems or needs that I have. Maybe later on I will deal with it, but not now. I'm coming before God. So I just want to draw near to Him. I just want to come before Jesus. Jesus. To help me to focus on Him. And stay on Him. And continue to come near to Him. So you know from this verse, when you call upon His name, you know God, God is there. You know God, He is. Because He said, those who call on His name will be saved. So you just want to come and rest even though you have tons of problems, 
But you come and rest because you know you call upon His name. You will be saved. He richly blesses us. Okay? So we, we rest in His presence. And then the other thing, the, the other benefit when we come before the presence of God. Do you know there is a river that flows from the throne of God? So when you come, you stay in that, uh, uh, in that kind of mo- uh, mood and mode uh, before God. Don't think that nothing happened. Because you are in the presence of God. You are coming before Him. And there is a river that flows from His throne. So you are drinking in. You're taking in what God is releasing into your spirit, into your body, into your being. Even though we do not realize it. So don't think that you're just sitting down. You see, when you're not entering in, you're just sitting down there fidgeting, you're not entering into the river. But when you rest in His presence, that river is flowing. You're drawing life from that river. You're drawing healing from that river. Remember Revelation? uh, In the book of Revelation, he said, when that river flows, wherever it flows, it brings forth fruit. Wherever it flows, it brings healing to the nations. And Jesus said, you know, when you drink of this water, you will never thirst again. So when you're sitting down there, you're not doing nothing. You're just staying in the presence of God and just, just we say soak in the presence of God. Just allow the river to flow in and, and bring the, the, the strength, life, uh, quench our thirst, bring healing, bring fruitfulness into our life. So don't think that you're wasting time, you know, but you need to rest. Rest in His presence knowing that you're just drinking in. The river of God. Okay, let's read this in uh, the Psalm, Psalm 46. Just now we, we read the, the verses below. We want to read verse 4. Verse 4 to verse 6. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy place where the Most High dwells. God is within her. She will not fall. God will help her at break of day. Nations are in uproar. Kingdoms fall. He lifts His voice. The earth melts. So there is a river that is flowing. And God wants to fill His, the city of God. God wants to fill our life. And this morning we sing about we, sing about we are under the covering of His presence. So it's important that even, even when you come to worship, that's why we have pre-service prayer. In order for you to prepare yourself to be still. And so when we sing, we can truly worship from our hearts. When we, we can truly draw from His presence. But if you are not prepared, right? You're still having a lot of voices, noises that is inside because of your problem, because of whatever. You're not able to tap in. You're not able to receive what God has made available for us. Okay, back to the Psalm 46. The other thing that we do, the Word of God says, Be still and know that I am God. Be still and know. So when you are being still, 
Just now we talk about calling on His name. We are talking about drawing, receiving from Him, just staying in His presence, just with a worshipful heart, with a thankful heart, and we know that river is flowing. We just thank Him, God, for pouring down upon my life, for the refreshing that comes because of that river of God. For the healing. So we just worship Him. We just give Him thanks. We're not, we're not asking Him to heal us. We're drawing the healing because the river is flowing. You see the difference? The difference is many of us ask, but He's so far away. We ask, we're just hoping we go lucky this time. Maybe He will answer us. But now He's not. We're coming before Him. We know we're in His presence. We know when we call on His name, He will answer us. We know the river is flowing and there is a healing virtue. So we're just drawing. Drawing. And that's what Jesus said to the woman. You know, he that will curse and come to me and drink. You see, we're hoping that God will pour into us. You know, He said, you come to me and you drink. And we are drawing from Him. Right? Uh, not passive. Not just hoping something take place. No. We know something will take place because our God is here. The river of God is flowing. Uh, uh, let's continue reading. We, we were just now reading verse 5 to verse, uh, verse 6. Now we continue to read verse 7. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our Fortress, come and see the works of the Lord, the desolation He has brought on the earth. He makes war cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks about and shatters the spear. He burns the shield with fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. Verse 11 is exactly the same verse as verse 7. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. You see, in the midst of all that God is doing in this particular passage, you're talking about wars and desolations and, and destruction and so on. It's God who is working His plan and purpose. But yet God's people may not see it. All you see is destruction and desolation and there are fear in your heart that grips you because of all that is happening. So that's why God has called His people and remind them again. With the emphasis in verse 7 and verse 11, the same thing. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. So when we are still, we are coming before God and see clearly what God is doing. So that we know that God is with us. He is our fortress. He is our protection. Uh, he is almighty. We are seeing the works of God. We don't see and and not, 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 not see what God is doing. Okay, so we come before Him. You know, there are times we, we just, we're just so thankful for what God has done. Is it? It's reminding. It's seeing what God has done. So that we are once again assured whatever problems that I have, you know, behind me at this moment, I know God is on protection. I know God is with me. He is my fortress. Why? 
because I saw what He has done. And that's what God wants the nation of Israel to learn. When He delivered them out of Egypt, He wanted them to see all the miracles so that they, when they look at the giant, they know that God will help them. God will deliver them. You see? But they didn't see and that's why they, they could not enter. So when we come, the other thing that we do, besides drawing from His presence, worshipping Him, thanking Him, so that our favor arise, we come to hear, to hear what He has to say. That's very important. It's not, it's not a one way, you know, saying our prayer and then go off. No. But we want to hear what God is saying. But you say, most of the time I don't hear anything. It's all right. You just keep coming. You know? And sometimes it's not when you are there that you hear. Sometimes it's the next day. It's when you are in a, in a problem and then a thought came to you. It came because you have been waiting in the presence of God. It came because you have learned to be still and know that He is God. And so, so God just, just gave a revelation to you. you know, but we continue to come and, and, and hear, uh, wanting to be still and, and hear what He has to say. Okay, there's an example in the Bible about King David. Uh, King David, when he looked around, he said, hey, all those who are not following God, those who are ungodly, they prosper. Everything is going fine with them. But me, I want to be righteous. I want to follow God. But look at the, the problems I have. Look at the, the persecution. Look at all these problems. He begins to be shaken. And he wonder, is it worth it? Should I continue to follow God? After following God, I get all these kind of problems. And those who don't follow God, they seem to have it easy. You see, you allow the external voice to distract you. David, a man after God's own heart. His heart was troubled. His mind was, was all shaken now. He said, he, 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 he described it. He said, I almost slipped. He was so tempted to follow the ways of wicked men. He said, I almost slipped until I enter into the house of God. Okay, the, the sanctuary of God. Okay, we're going to, I, I'm going to read to you Psalm 73, 16 and 17. Okay, Psalm 73 verse 16. When I tried to understand all this, it was oppressive to me. Till I enter the sanctuary of God, then I understood their final destiny. So sometimes in life there are things that doesn't seem to be fair. Let's face it, it's true, it's true, it's real. We know at the end of the day, in eternity everything will square out, but not in this present life. So David is trying to understand all these things. How can you understand? And he was so confused. He was so tempted to follow them. He said, until I enter the sanctuary of God. David is not necessary. The temple hasn't been built yet. Right? It's Solomon who is going to build the temple. So David was not talking about coming into this is a structure, a building. But rather, he is saying, until I enter 
into the presence of God. Until I see God, until I am still before God, and I see that God will judge everything. God, there is eternity in God. And he realized these people, they will face destruction if they don't repent. Everything will square out at the end, but not now. And so David begins to realize that and he begins to restore his faith and his focus on God once again. Right? Until he entered into the presence, not building. Some of us, we come here. We, we come to church. But you did not enter into the sanctuary of God. You only enter into a structure because all that is inside is all the voices of man, the demonic voices, and, and all this other trouble that is, that is inside you. You did not enter into the sanctuary of God. You did not enter into the rest of God, the peace of God. So David said, I understood when I entered into the sanctuary of God. Rest. Be still and know that I am God. Be still. Okay, so I'm going to stop here this morning because we're going to spend a little time to just be still, just uh, uh, to, to just enter into the rest of God uh, this morning. Okay, and then the, the next, next week I'm going to pick it up from there and, and to, to, to teach us how to enter into into. God's rest and, and to believe God. Okay, right. So, musician, would you come? No, we're not going to play. We're going to have the musician. Everybody stand.